Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us right here at the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford. Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, my fellow co-host, is unfortunately ill this week, so I wish her all the best and a speedy recovery as she gets better. So I told her to take the week off because we've got something really good in store for you this week. A great conversation with our pro wrestling expert, John Orlando from the PVD cast. He is today going to talk about the latest goings on in our state of pro wrestling for September 2022 in regards to AEW and all the situations going on in front of and behind the scenes. And also as well, we talk about WWE, why it's looking brighter, while there's a great direction going ahead. So we talk about the WWE and all the shenanigans going on in All Elite Wrestling. That's coming up here for most of the show. Then on the back end, I'll have some final thoughts on what to look forward to this weekend, plus Disney Plus Day and Star Trek Day. I'll go ahead and have some final notes as well. So big show coming up with a big conversation from Mr. John Orlando from the PBD cast. Looking forward to it. But before we get to that, I do want to go ahead in regards to the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Our thoughts are with our listeners, our viewers, and also our great stations that are part of the UK out there. So truly are thinking about you from all of us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But for right now, let's get to our conversation that we've got going on in regards to the state of pro wrestling for September 2022, and I'll be back on the back end with some final thoughts. But yes, let's talk some pro wrestling right now, right here at the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, with everything going on, D23, Star Trek Day, Disney Plus Day, Cobra Kai Season 5, NBA 2K23, Splatoon 3, a whole ton of stuff going on, I still had to go ahead and make some time for the state of pro wrestling. Of course, sort of an abbreviated version because we're going to go ahead and still talk about what's going on because <sighs> it was kind of slow this past weekend. Nothing really happened for AEW and WWE. <sighs> really kind of boring. No, I'm just kidding. A lot happened for <laughs> AEW and WWE. And one of the momentous weekends in a long time for this pro wrestling battle. And with all due respect to ROH, Impact, MLW, GCW, anybody else that's out there, WOW, anybody else that's out there, the focus is squarely on AEW and WWE and not necessarily for all the right reasons. But here today to talk about all the juicy stuff that I love to hear about behind the scenes of pro wrestling, it's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the PVD cast. Find my appearances on the show, plus his latest interviews right there for you at the PVDcast.com. It is our pro wrestling expert. Indeed, our pro wrestling expert extraordinaire is here. It is John Orlando. Extraordinaire. Good and juicy each and every time to call you. So, Mr. Orlando, welcome back. Truly appreciate it, John. Okay. Like I said. Nothing really happened over the past, no. past weekend with Clash at the Castle for WWE and AEW All Out. Nothing happened, really, did it? No, it was, I mean, it's pretty slow. I mean, I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. But, you know, we can't even talk about NXT's latest takeover, man, because nothing really momentous happened there, even though they're sort of combining some of the lower card WWE wrestlers back again and mixing that is making it a little bit more interesting of a product. You know, Triple H has his hands now mm-hmm. all over the creative juices that are flowing with WWE. WWE in the past several weeks has improved in their quality of storytelling. But most importantly, as far as the matches are concerned, Clash at the Castle was one of the most well-received cards in a long, long time for the company. 
Before we get to all the juicy details that are going on across the way at AEW, tell me your thoughts of what's going on with WWE. Again, really right now, since the departure of Vince McMahon, we thought it would be kind of a slow burn. We commented on it around the time of what was happening. It's kind of a slow burn as far as Triple H gaining more and more control of the product. And with all the returns that are now happening in the WWE, and with all the good matches and the good content now in WWE, it is finally good to say that you're a WWE fan once again. Well, the rumor has been that several individuals that maybe were there a year ago or six months ago or whatnot is very excited at the possibility of maybe returning back to the WWE. Mm-hmm. I think that Triple H has breathed new air, you know, bring breathe new life, excuse me, into WWE. I think the fans have uh, taken to it. I think that uh, the fact that you have all these people returning, I mean, you know what? We, you know, Clash at the Castle, huge, huge event, Gerald. But and quality match myself. after quality match after quality match after quality match. You can still catch it now on Peacock at any point in time. So if you've got a Peacock subscription, Go ahead and check it out. I highly recommend it. Really solid matches. Uh, I know that not all my favorites are getting the push right now, but I will leave that aside because it is good storytelling. It is compelling. It is actually fun to watch. And most importantly, it leads into quality matches, which is the key right here. You're not getting dud after dud after dud with maybe one good match mixed in the middle. You're getting five, six quality matches each and every time out. And that's for years what I've been saying as a WWE fan, I want to see. And I agree wholeheartedly. And here's the other thing that makes me want to watch Raw, wants me to, makes me want to watch SmackDown is it's surprise a palooza. You never know who's going to return. I, I, I didn't think Braun Strowman last night on Monday Night Raw would show up. And there you go. There's somebody that shows up back in the fold. Dexter uh, Loomis in recent weeks. Dexter Loomis, though, I, I'm not a fan of that character, but he is doing different stuff, doing some really good character work with, with The Miz. I'm not a huge fan of the character. But Hit Row came back to SmackDown. Hit Row as well, coming back. Uh, Johnny Gargano next week returns to Raw. Yep. So all these people who are incredibly talented, who clearly – clearly triple h lights is bringing them back and i think that's going to make the product better i agree i think that the storytelling has been quite a bit better as well over these last few weeks it's uh, not perfect but it is in uh, the right direction yeah i agreed agreed i i personally like you talk about maybe not being perfect i personally would have liked to seen dominic mysterio change and turn heel a month or so ago but okay so we're getting to it and i think that that's still a very intriguing storyline in itself. So yeah, I think that uh, the WWE is is turning the corner, and hopefully, and I'm excited for it. Now, if we can just continue on that track, and maybe help out with the third brand NXT, because I still think that that's the the weakest links. As and I right think now. they're starting to, like I said, I they're so. sending yeah. they're sending mid to lower card WWE wrestlers back there to go ahead and compete on a regular basis in the NXT, and I think that's filling out that roster a little bit more. They're no longer pressured by the fact that they're competing head to head with AEW's Dynamite, so that allows them to go ahead and grow their product. The NXT wrestlers are gaining experience. The younger ones are gaining experience because they're now able to go ahead and compete against more seasoned veterans of the WWE like Ricochet, like uh, Nikki Ash, Dewdrop, other individuals, uh, Finn Balor coming back, you know, those individuals heading down to NXT. Yes, it might be a step down, but it looks like they're more willing to do it than they have in years gone by. It's worked well for Mandy Rose. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't care about Mandy Rose at all when she was on the main roster. Now she is a focal point of who I want to see when I tune tune into NXT 2.0. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. It is now becoming a more watchable product overall. It is heading in the right direction. Both shows are now consistently above the 2 million mark as far as viewing, which is something we have been able to say too much has been hovering, especially on Raw, 
hovering right around 161718 for a while and now they're back up to around 2 million viewers which is a good sign and the smackdown on friday nights is actually moving up even more just before football we'll see what happens now because mm -hmm. nfl hits this week so that may change the landscape of everything but it is very interesting to see yes i know roman reigns has still been champion for 2 years and there's really no viable contender right now that moves the needle enough for me or moves the needle enough for anybody out there. I think that gets enough interest to say, you know what, let's go ahead and take that belt off him until Cody Rhodes comes back or some, maybe a couple other um, options could come through the woodwork, but at least right now underneath everything underneath the main programs are really working and really clicking. And that's something I like to see. And, you know, and I'll say this, I think that they did a great job with that package, uh, the SmackDown before the pay-per-view, mm -hmm. where they highlighted all the people. And, and you've been a fan just as long as I have, maybe even longer, when you are talking about you know, Bruno San Martino wearing that title for four or five years. Hogan had it for four or five years. Like, there's something, we don't see that anymore. And I think that's the one thing to me that's refreshing about this Roman Reigns uh, run is that, yes, I know they got to build somebody. They haven't done that. But to me, I look back and I go, this is cool. This is cool that somebody holds on to that belt because anymore, titles don't mean anything. You know, they bounce around so quickly from, you know. Well, it's just I don't think there's anybody. I, I think it's just a case where there's nobody that's at his level right now. Right. As far sure. as creatively speaking. I just don't mm -hmm. think there's anyone at, at his level. I don't even think a CM Punk. Or someone could come in from AEW, maybe outside of Cody Rhodes. We'll see what kind of bump up Cody Rhodes has with the crowd when he comes back from his injury. We'll see if that magic is still there like it was before he left. Maybe uh, because of the circumstances of him tearing his bicep and him working with that torn bicep will, is still fresh enough for people to go ahead and stay behind him. But we'll see. Again, mm -hmm. I don't see any real viable contender don't rehash Goldberg don't rehash Brock Lesnar don't do those rehashes because they're not working for me anymore just go ahead and you know what you can almost like you said the opposite of what Hogan did you know where there was a new villain every two months recycled for Hogan you could do the same as far as a, a good guy for Roman Reigns so you know it, it may not be as successful as everyone likes but I don't see, again, Roman Reigns being challenged at least anytime soon, at least not until maybe, maybe Royal Rumble, but I would probably say WrestleMania at the earliest. Yeah, because I don't know how much more time is on the, uh, the clock, so to speak, for Cody to be out. I imagine he's still got quite a few months. You know, there's nothing wrong with feeding people to, to Roman Reigns, just as you said. I mean, think how cool it would be if, if somehow – Sami Zayn gets, you know, double-crossed by the Usos and Roman. And and we, we forgot there's a new member to the bloodline as well, as we saw, yep. you know, uh, Solo Sakura who came yes. up from NXT, which that's really cool, too. I thought that was a very unique way to end that match. On Absolutely, the and he's part of the bloodline. So there yeah. you go, the actual yeah. true bloodline. So that's great. Absolutely great story. Still wish they would go ahead and combine the titles. I understand damage control is hot right now for them in the WWE. I know Liv Morgan actually had a really good match, which I've told you in the past. I'm not sure she's always able to go ahead and bring out for you, but she did find a good dance partner on Saturday. So really happy to see for the fans of her that they went ahead and really got a good performance from her. Bianca Belair got pinned by Bailey, so that sets up that angle. But they really need to combine and unify that title. I'm still telling you, if the men's title can be unified, the women's title needs to be unified. If the women's tag title is unified and the men's tag title is unified, the women's title sticks out like a sore thumb. But outside of that, I think it's working right now for Triple H and his efforts to try and make a better product. I think it's worked, and I think it just shows – everyone out there how stagnant and how behind the times the wwe was as you and i've been saying for years under the auspices of vince mcmahon yes agreed 100 percent. absolutely my friend thanks for checking out the pcc you know the pop culture cosmos 
We'll be back in one moment. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And then we have <laughs> All Elite Wrestling. Once again, I laughed. I laughed because it's, I, well, you know what? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gerald. And no, then no I'll, problem. I'll I was just going to give you props again. Once again, I'm still with John Orlando from the PVD cast. While he's not laughing at me or laughing about <laughs> AEW, he is still hosting some awesome podcasts. You got to go ahead and check out at the pvdcast.com. All Elite Wrestling has been the flavor of the month for two years straight. No problems, rising in the ratings, becoming a very stalwart challenger to the WWE throne. There were still missing pieces so that they could never really get over that hump yet because they still have a million more viewers in, that they need to do on a regular basis before you can really start talking about them challenging. But there's good signs. They're selling out. A lot of their TV tapings, they're really drawing well on their pay-per-views. They are going to be the second wrestling company in the United States. First time that's happened in a long time to earn over $100 million in a year in revenue. So that's something that really has not happened since the, the golden days of WCW. So those are the good things that are going on right now. But this past weekend... And in actually in the weeks leading up to it, with all the disarray behind the scenes between uh, all the infighting that's going on, the possibility of WWE reaching out and trying to tamper with the AEW wrestlers to try and get to convince them to come over and jump to WWE, the in closed door meetings that President Tony Khan has had to make, and then on top of everything else, the booking has been really bad leading up to All Out in regards to what they did with CM Punk and John Moxley. I'm not mad that they had their world unification title bout on television, but I was really mad when it only lasted three minutes, mm-hmm. only to go ahead a little over a week later and go the opposite way. I just, I don't get it. We'll get into all the backstage stuff in a second, but the booking has been very, very suspect i'm really going to say that out loud and that gives me quite concerns for the future as far as what direction do they truly want to go into well first i will give credit to aew that i like the idea of an interim champion i think that that's great they're borrowing from ufc you but like it better that, than i do because i don't like interim champions you okay i i like it i think it's something different but i think if you're that, out of out with injury you're out with injury like for instance thunder rose is out with injury just go ahead and have a tournament or a three-way dance or whatever. Give that person a title. And then when that person comes back from injury, give them a shot at the title. And that's the way they've done it. That's why I think this is this is more ingenious and innovative. But here's the problem. This is where they're screwing it up. You don't need a storyline. Punk and Moxley didn't need to have a match. Okay? They could have just saved it for the pay They didn't need to have a three-minute match. Right. The, look, you have... The world champion, the interim champion, that's your storyline. We're going to have them fight. Someone's coming out the undisputed champion. That's all you need. We, we didn't need any of these other things that had to happen between Mox and Punk. Didn't need any of that stuff. It could have just been simply this. Who's the true world champion? There you go. So that would have eliminated all this weird booking that made no sense whatsoever. And then again, it. it led to All Out where... Moxley and Punk faced off yet again, and Punk regains the title in a actually more familiar match, 15, 18 minutes. It it went a longer distance and actually was a pretty good match between the two. MJF came back and out at the end, and somehow he's going to be the next contender without giving Moxley a return match, which still boggles my mind. Why doesn't Moxley get a return match if he was the one that just beat CM Punk eight days ago. I, I didn't. I don't understand that dynamic. But MJF, you and I have wanted to become a heel champion for a while, but that was before he got destroyed by Wardlow. And it just there's a pattern here, and it really kind of it goes back to some strange booking. Okay, if you're going to push Wardlow and make him really something special, okay, and, and you've got MJF getting the title away from Punk, 
that's that's okay. I I understand that that's your end goal, but I don't know. Just sometimes the the way that they go ahead and have booked over the past six months has been quite questionable. Since the actual brilliant way that they booked CM Punk versus MJF the first time, it's pretty much gone downhill from there. Well, they shot themselves in the foot with MJF. Gerald, think about the ratings you could have pulled if you just waited a couple of weeks to reveal that the the Joker was him. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, this week on Dynamite, who is the Joker? You could still have him around, and people want to know who it is. And you could you could do those that. Black Scorpion from back yes. in the day type interviews. Absolutely, you could milk that for several weeks, and or while play you're clips doing of that, that, or play clips of that voicemail like they did with Tony Khan promising MJF. You could put hints at that on mm-hmm. the actual Dynamite shows, which are mm-hmm. sorely in need of some boost of that type of content absolutely so they shot themselves in the foot with mjf where they they shot themselves in the foot i'll say it again for moxley and punk why they had to have all the miscellaneous hoopla behind that is beyond me and now you're hearing all these things of unhappy individuals in the back oh that leads me into the thing where after the match cm punk won he has this press conference and he goes off on people accusing him of, of moving uh, uh, Scott Colton, a.k.a. Colt Cabana, off of uh, AEW into ROH because of the issues they've had. Then he complains about that. He complains about the issues he has with the EVPs, a.k.a. Executive Vice Presidents, which are Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That's been a long-standing, you either love them or you hate them type deal. So I'll leave that one alone. He went off on a tirade that was probably the most interesting thing of the entire evening for AEW. And that's the problem. If that is the most interesting thing and that's not planned and scheduled, which sometimes works well for pro wrestling, that's not saying much as far as the big pay-per-view that you just put on, if that is even more interesting by far and away than what you put on on AEW this weekend. You are speaking the truth because I watched the pay-per-view. I decided to to go and watch it at a friend's house. And as I wrote down again, you have to stop with these super long pay-per-views. Five um, hours. I mean, WWE. Five hours. They learned their lesson. The AEW has not. No. And so by the, you're absolutely correct. By the end of the pay-per-view, I was so tired, so exhausted that I didn't really enjoy the main event and some of the other matches that were on the show, again, not really interesting either because they are so long that tag team title match for the AEW tag team titles. I like both those teams. I like swerve and our glory. I like the acclaimed, but my man, you can't go 23 minutes. It just, it wears you out when it's, False finish. After Should false Jericho finish. at 50 plus years old be going 20 minutes now? No. No. Again, I don't know why we why it's so looked down upon. Have an eight-minute match on a pay-per-view. You still can get everything in that you need to get in. You can tell a great story and move on. But I agree. This scrum, this media scrum, which I have some strong opinions about was the best thing that AEW did over the week. So go for it. Share your thoughts on this, my friend, because even after that, after that media (laughs) scrum, there was a alleged fight, actual real-life fight, between the Young Bucks and CM Punk. And if you heard the words from CM Punk that he indicated in that press conference, you'll understand why there's a lot of heat backstage. As they say, it's nuclear heat, but inside the offices back behind the scenes it's not out only he's they're getting mjf heat behind the scenes and that's not necessarily what you want to do for a wrestling company right now that's trying to build and stay cohesive it's all over the place right now for for tony khan i don't know and i'm not sure exactly if he can handle it or manage it by himself it looks like he needs to bring someone in that might be able to help clean things up he he's lost look he's lost total control of that company Okay. The, the inmates are running the asylum. They are. But even with that being said, Gerald, I still think that there's a little bit of a work involved in all of this. Always when it comes to wrestling. I Do I believe that 
Cabana and Punk don't get along, and Punk was blamed maybe just, you know, because people were running their mouths about his situation. Yes, I believe that happened. Okay. Do I believe that? That's documented in court. Right. That's documented in court. Do I believe that Hangman Page went off script and did his promo oh so many weeks ago? Ah, that I don't buy. I I kind of just feel like that that's a little bit of a work. I think that everybody knew that was going to happen. I think that it makes for a great story. The fight being legitimate, I'm kind of on the fence about. I'm like, I, I would have loved to have seen it. Why don't you just do it right there on stage? Yeah, yeah, that that's that's where I'm at. And if you, you got know, some I, shiners, you got some blood. Saying, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll believe that then. Yeah. So I, I think there's, it. I think there's a pretty. I'm going. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go 75, like, like, 25. Well, let's say like Vince McMahon coming out of a Montreal dressing room with a black eye and coming, you know, totally out of it because he just had a concussion. Right. That would be. A, that, that Right. I would agree. I feel like, though, the bigger problem is what I said at the beginning. The truth is that Tony Khan is letting the inmates run the asylum. I mean, that's evident by something that has been proven to be accurate is that, for an example, Eddie Kingston there have been documented stories that he's had to have several kind of conversations about you can't – this is not 1982. You can't sit in the locker room and say insulting things to people and get away with it. You just can't do that. That's not how it works anymore. Th- that's documented because that should not happen. That should happen once, and then Tony Khan should step in and say, listen, Eddie, you cannot do this or you're going to face this consequence. You know, you can't tell people that to leave the business because you don't like how they wrestle. Can't do that. All right. Same in this instance, you know, the rumor is punk gets to kind of just run wild with whatever he wants to do creatively. Again, while that might work for you, there's gotta be something that can stop you. And, and I think about it from like a WCW standpoint, when everybody had creative control, think what that did to that company. You don't have anybody that's strong enough. That's brave enough. That's smart enough, whatever to sit down and go, no, you cannot do this because it's not going to be beneficial in the long run. It's getting close to my friend, the words that are always prophetic history can repeat itself. Yeah. And it's looking like it, it's getting close to doing just that. Uh, and that's coming on the heels of a possible new TV deal in the not too distant future in the next, what, 12 to 18 months that they'll mm-hmm. be negotiating with either Warner brothers or some other streaming entities. So that's something that they have to be aware of to not let this group that they have that is showing such promise fall. MJF, his situation, he does not look thrilled to be there at all. It's not just looking like a heel. It's not just looking like he's going to make everybody angry. He just not does not look like he's happy at all being there. doesn't matter if you're going to drop the title on his, his waist or his shoulder. I still think that right now it's, it's a bad situation. I'm, I'm rooting for MJF because I really think he's one of the best characters on the planet. But we'll see what happens there. CM Punk, again, he can love him or hate him. He's there. He's he's adapted by the people. He's one of the biggest draws, if not the biggest draw for the company. But they've got a lot of good things for going for them. But the problem is right now it seems to be all going astray because of what's going on behind the scenes, which you and I actually kind of love the most. The two things I was going to mention is, one, you know, you mentioned that MJF doesn't look happy there. Well, he wouldn't be because, number one, he had a salary issue. And number two, they've put it – and don't get me wrong, I love Stokely Hathaway. I think he is a great manager. He is something that this industry needs, okay, yes. one of those healers. But managers. he's not a good fit with MJF. MJF no. leading his own group, Pinnacle, yes. at one point in time. How does this benefit MJF as far as any of these other guys alongside with him? He was leading the group in the past. Now you're asking him to work with somebody else. Stokely Hathaway is good, but on, you know, managing his own guys, MJF needs no mouthpiece. No. Because he's a mouthpiece unto himself. Absolutely. So I guess the the question that we have to ask and the question that we're going to have to keep an eye on is how does Tony Khan write the ship? How does he get things back under control? And I think you hit the nail on the head is I think he, and I don't know how the structure is backstage at AEW. He needs help. He needs those veteran presence. He needs people like I'll throw out a name. He needs Christopher Daniels to help him out. A guy who's been around a very long time, a guy that knows every level of professional wrestling from the lowest indies to the highest companies. He's obviously maybe not wrestling as much as he once did. I don't want to, don't want to be disrespectful until his career is over, but 
he could be something that you lean on. You can get some of these other individuals, Kevin Nash, get him to come in and lean on to be part of the creative team. You got to start delegating. I, I mean, you got to start delegating. Otherwise, I don't see the situation changing. I don't see it changing in the near future either, unless something radically changes. And if CM Punk is unwilling to really work with MJF, as he noted in his press conference, and also work with the elite, as he noted in his press conference, and working with many of the top individuals, as he noted in his press (laughs) conference, that's going to make it really hard because he's your champion going forward. And after what has happened, the bad booking, all aside, AEW still has its biggest gate or one of its biggest gates ever that they're coming off of at All Out and one of their most financially profitable ones. So for them to continue that momentum, they're going to go ahead and have to write that ship and write it very soon. And I do take umbrage that CM Punk had to call out the Pittsburgh Penguins during that scrum, by the way. That was uncalled for. Yeah, that was uncalled for. But he did mention the bakery where he got those muffins, and I thought that was pretty cool. because you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was in Chicago. So The only thing was, though, he said that they were closed Monday and Tuesday. If I was at bakery, I would have opened that next day. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Thought we would go ahead and touch on before we end the show today and talk about what's going on in the aftermath of everything that came out with AEW All Out. It should have been like AEW Fallout because there's a lot of fallout that comes from that show, the injury suffered by CM Punk, as we've learned in the coming days after that. So he had surgery on a torn triceps. And also the fact that there were a lot of suspensions supposedly handed down and also stripped titles that were actually stripped away by AEW president Tony Khan. So here today to follow up on that is John Orlando from the PVD cast coming right back. Thank you so much, my friend. I thought everything would be a little bit laid out, a little bit smoother, dealt with accordingly. But nope, AEW just wanted to rush right into it. They stripped the trio titles from the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the ones that they just won the other mm-hmm. day. They're not redoing a tournament for it. They just set up a match uh, as far as between two teams and that just said go to it, which, again, defies the logic because you just had a tournament. So you're denying all those other teams in the tournament a chance to go ahead and get that title. But you're doing a tournament for the singles title because you stripped CM Punk for his actions and also the fact that he's going into surgery for torn triceps right after that. Uh, just the, the logic on what they're doing now doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Not to mention, I have to say it, that world title tournament is kind of weak. I, I, I Absolutely. Where I mean, is Wardlow? Who are they been yes. trying to? Yeah, I mean, is he now persona non grata because MJF is back? Where's Samoa Joe? He's a title holder in Ring of Honor. Where's your Ring of Honor title holder? Yes. Formerly known as Cesario, Claudio, Castagnoli. You know, I mean, are they just all kicked to the side? I understand when you put things up there in these tournaments, you showcase pretty much who you want to be pushing at that point in time. It's usually a showcase. When when companies do this, it's usually a showcase of like, okay, we're going to bracket off the best wrestlers that we have in the company, how they compete against each other. I understand why MJF, who doesn't want to partake in it because he's the number one contender, why he doesn't want to do it. But you're right. It defies all logic why you're not getting more of these top AEW individuals involved. Absolutely. And no disrespect to Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara, but what have they done recently? I mean, besides Sammy Guevara getting into an altercation with Eddie Kingston and and getting married i mean there he hasn't been on tv a lot 
can I be honest with you? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, since they they're the the younger stars of AEW, but they have been there since the early days of the promotion. They're still thought of, you know, this showcases it that they're still thought of as two of the brightest stars of AEW at the present time. I think it's there's two guys that they still want to go ahead and give a push. I would put Orange Cassidy in that and Wardlow in that category, but right below, obviously, because they didn't get involved in the tournament. But I just think they're two individuals that are based in the fact that they are just not uh, going to give up on them. They're going to go ahead and push them as the young stars. That's why they bracket them off together as a showcase for their talents. Well, I still think that they probably could have done something a little bit more creative with this. Oh, I agree. And, you know, getting, getting the title to somebody that, I mean, because I don't want to see Jericho as what did they say? He's a seven time or eight time world champion. I don't want to see he, that. He gets a buy. Why does he get a yeah, buy? Absolutely. There, there should be no buys. You should plug in Claudio Castanoli in one of those buys and you should plug in somebody, a Wardlow in that other buy. Yeah. I mean, what and, does that leave? I mean, he was, they were so high on him or pushing him to the moon and he destroyed MGF in a decision I really didn't think was going to be very warranted or going, you know, it, those are the kind of things that come back to haunt you, I think. But needless, regardless, the company is very high on Warlow, yet for some reason they don't go ahead and put him in this position to go ahead, at least be in the tournament. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a head scratcher. Uh, I don't know what you do with the six-man titles or the trios titles. Excuse me. Well, they already I, I, did. I mean, well, they no, were... right, right. no, but I mean, I mean, prior to that, they were in a really awkward spot because you're absolutely right, Gerald. They just crowned crown champions, and I also agree with you. You just pick two random teams and send them in. They're best friends in Orange Cassidy and Death Triangle. And what about the Dark Order? You know, and Adam Page, do they not count? Weren't they the uh, other finalists in that tournament? So what happened to them? I know you you can't do Offspray and Aussie Open because they're gone. I understand that. But, hey, you like wacky, high-octane, maybe not really psychologically sound types of matches. AEW, here you go. You could have had some type of six-man scramble match. Eh, That would be a (laughs) – that might be – that might be a little bit problematic to call if you're a commentator or – you know, to watch if you're a fan, but why not do something wacky like that? Or, hey, the winner of Death Triangle and and uh, Best Friends in Orange Cassidy get to take on the Dark Order. Something that could have made a little better sense than just, we just randomly picked these two teams and threw them in here. Yeah, it just really doesn't make sense of what AEW is trying to do at the times. I mean, they, again, started out with a lot of promise. They still have a lot of promise. But trying to keep things in order, and I understand that, you know, that disciplinary things have to go down after what was said and done as far as the fight backstage, the comments that were made, the whole nine yards as far as what happened after the events of All Out. But to have this done so dramatically when you have more weeks of television that you could have drawn this out for was kind of curious i just think it was a knee-jerk reaction suspending the individuals involved especially the fact that their executive vice president's involved is 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 a good move i think suspending you know because it's obviously was a very bad look a very embarrassing look for the fights backstage between cm punk what a steel the young bucks kenny omega okay that that brawl that took place behind the scenes out of camera shot which is probably the worst part about it that we can get to see it and and that just the fact that you know that you do lay down disciplinary action that's fine and then that scene you know that whole suspension and stripping of the titles that's fine but having this knee-jerk reaction to having to go ahead and put something out right away i think that's something that the company will regret i agree with you on that i think that they definitely will regret this in the future likewise i think that the suspensions are necessary. Uh, I think that the stripping of the titles were it was apropos. You know, I I said earlier that I wasn't a hundred percent convinced that this was you know a shoot uh, that it might be a little bit of a work. Uh, m- maybe I was wrong on that. Maybe it is a little more of a shoot than what I thought it was, especially with the suspensions now coming down because that's that's a real deal. You know, that stripping the titles was a big deal. 
uh, in my eyes. My question is, where do you go now when they all return? Is CM Punk going to be fired? Is the Kenny Omega and the Bucks, are they going to face any further disciplinary action? That That's the question. Where do you go? When all of this in a week or so, in fact, I don't even know. Do you know how long are they suspended for? No, nobody's given any type of indication okay. about how long this happens. Although to CM Punk, it really doesn't matter whether, you know, how long he is uh, actually serving a suspension. Because, again, he did a tope in the world title match at All Out against John Moxley. He did a tope over the top rope. And I guess suffered a torn triceps in that process. So he would necessitate surgery. Now, if that's the case, he's going to be out months anyway. So really, if unless he's fired, which I think would probably be a stupid move because it has garnered you so much publicity. It's just that would be the, the coup de gras on dumb moves, especially the fact that he's your number one draw and the fact that he is the most solidifying face for your organization right now and not to mention if you get fired while you're injured how does that make you look as a company yeah that's also you know, sets I mean, you up for legal action right absolutely it sets you up for legal action in the court of public opinion that makes you look like a complete scuzzball if you are aew the corporation that has fired a man when he's injured when he's down he injured himself you know while performing for your company you know but and how was the fight started? Was the fight started right. by the EVPs because they didn't like the words? You know, was the fight started by the Young Bucks and Omega? Was it started by a Steel and CM Punk? I mean, that's going to be up for debate as well. And, and I'll throw this out here too: Is there also the possibility that this is what, for lack of a better term, is it, the first shockwave of maybe some other people coming out with some stories? about how things are run in AEW. Well, you know? that, I mean, we're starting to see it. The backstage meetings that they're having, the overtures by WWE reportedly to several AEW wrestlers, Malachi Black and his unhappiness as far as what he wants to go ahead and do is with his contract and try and get out of his contract with AEW. It's a, it's a lot of uh, interesting things going down, don't you think? Oh, I agree wholeheartedly, and I think you can add FTR to that list of people who are not very happy because rumors was they were not happy about not being in the video game, uh, as you mentioned before. You know, and you're gonna start seeing that. Why wasn't uh, Wardlow and FTR part of those part of the trios? They're I mean, yeah. highlighting them as far as a a top team in the, in the trios tournament. And, or maybe in the trios title mat, rematch, you know, the title match that was done, the, the redo per se on Wednesday night. Just very curious. Absolutely very curious. Well, bottom line is they, they have to write the ship. The AEW has to. They have to fix this if they want to continue. Uh, you know, and, and we kind of even look, this is how impactful this has been. This is all we could talk about. We, we, we've totally not even acknowledged that, you know, MJF come back. And he's mm -hmm. he's the he's the classic, you know. Dare I say, I hate to use the Michael Cole term, vintage MJF with his with his promo, which was amazing, and even well interrupted by Moxley, still kind of an amazing promo. Amazing promo, I did see it. It's one of the best of the year, absolutely. I do. I am glad that he was not part of the entourage. Did not come out with him. It was just him. Yes. Yes. And that I think is, is, is best if it just stays him as a character. You know, I know Moxley didn't keep up with him word for word and his promo wasn't quite as good or even on the level that uh, MJF was, but he was at least bouncing something off of, of him as far as the sounding board. But this is the time I think that you and I have been hoping for as far as a company really getting 100% behind MJF. I know mm -hmm. that he is utilizing his free agent status in 2024 as far as part of the worked shoot storyline which is making it much more intriguing i love the fact that he always puts in his best friend cody rose you know as part of those those problems somewhere cody rose is just either laughing smiling or just he's probably just eating this all up as far as enjoying it from where he's at but yeah i mean this is the time that you and i have been hoping for i think it almost comes a year too late that MJF is now being, or at least as right now, should be at the forefront of what AEW is doing going forward. 
Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. Although you, you invoke the name of Cody Rhodes, and I would love to be a fly on the wall at his house to hear his comments about all of this that went on at, at All Out. I would, I would love to hear what he thinks because I think Cody Rhodes kind of has – he, he would be one of those people – if, if he was, I don't think he's that type of guy, but I think if he was one of those kind of kiss and tell guys, if you will, he'd be the first one to go, well, let me tell you a story that I had, you know, about a meeting with Tony and blah, 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 blah. I think the best thing would be to do is to get him on Busted Open Radio. I don't think yes. he would do it on any of the WWE shows, but oh, no. Busted Open Radio, if you were to ask him on that, he would give those sly, politically correct, yet underlying meaning answers that would probably get a lot of people talking right absolutely because he he's smooth cm punk's not let's just be honest he's not smooth he's very blunt and to the point as evident by the scrum so again tony khan's got to get this fixed and again i don't know how you don't realize that you can't do this all on your own tony khan you gotta start getting people in place that you can trust and people in place to help you because I think that this is one of the paramount problems that obviously, let's be honest, this is probably not something that just happened. Obviously, it's been brewing for a while with Punk. Yeah. It's been brewing for a while. Who's to say that if there wasn't somebody that could step in and say, hey, okay, look, Paige, you can't go out there on that promo and say what you said. It buries Punk. It makes him look bad, blah, 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 blah. And, 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 then have somebody to say, hey, look, Punk, we talked to him, blah, 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 blah. Some type of middleman that is not Tony Khan, somebody that they both respect, whomever that may be, because, you know, again, a great person for that job, I feel, is is Christopher Daniels. So I'm just going to stick with that. But he would be the example, somebody that Punk knows because he's teamed with him in Ring of Honor. He knows him for a long, long time and respects. And he also has that, that little bit of that rapport. That's the word I was looking for with Hangman Page. They got to start. Look. The WWE, we oftentimes complain there's too many people backstage. <laughs> you know, there's not enough in AEW. Yeah, that's it. agreed. And I think at some point in time, they're going to go WWE to us as becoming executive vice presidents because they seem to water through them just like candy as far as vice. They've hired two more today. So it just really, I don't know what's going on there as far as that, but the base of what the WWE as far as all about with Triple H, Stephanie, Nick Khan, that's been solid for if throughout this whole situation that's going on. And obviously the direction for creative for WWE is a lot better and a lot brighter now than it has been in a long time. And for AEW, the questions about its, uh, I guess, uh, uh, being solid as an organization is now in question and this is as much as question as its inception. I mean, this is probably the biggest question of its validity going forward than what we've been seeing since it's, you know, first started back three, four years ago. Absolutely. 100% agree. Well, it's been very interesting nonetheless for you and I to talk about. I said I would get you back on as soon as something (laughs) came up, and it certainly did. So John Orlando from the PVD cast coming in on the fly. I truly appreciate it. You've been immensely knowledgeable for us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos in regards to everything with pro wrestling. Any last thoughts before we head on out? No. I mean, I think we've talked ad nauseum about what needs to happen, and I'll just say this. It's going to be an interesting few weeks in the world of – AEW and maybe even the world of pro wrestling to see how all of this shakes out and see what else comes out in the media about AEW and how they handle things and whatnot. Absolutely. Could be a very historic time for one reason or another for the pro wrestling industry indeed. But I will tell you, it's great to talk to you, my friend. I wish we could talk for an entire hour, but Disney and Star Trek preclude, unfortunately, for this weekend. But before we head on out, you got to go ahead and drop the knowledge on everyone on what you're doing at your awesome show, The PVD Cast. Well, one of the, your many shows that you go ahead. And yeah, one of my many shows I work on. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me a smart person or a dumb person. I don't know. I'm not going to say um, a word because I partake in a few myself. <laughs> so you feel my pain. Of course, The PVD Cast is my main podcast. It's available at pvdcast.com or wherever you find great quality podcasts. 
you know, got a lot of great interviews. In fact, it just uh, had one that's a little bit of a different subject. I spoke to Maria Daniels, who is here in Ohio. She is an entrepreneur and a podcaster. And actually, she does lots of things. I don't know how the woman sleeps at night. She's got tons of different businesses that she successfully runs. And so we sit down and talk a little bit about small businesses and, you know, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the successes, failures, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, uh, I also run this little bizarre podcast called Matt Talk that is all about that fabulous 80s television show, Matlock. And those episodes drop over on anchor.fm slash Matt Talk. So if you've ever enjoyed the Andy Griffith show, Matlock, check it out. I will mention to you that you sent a DM confirming your availability today at, at two o'clock in the morning, my time. Would have been bad that I answered or could have answered that message. And it was kind of, I was contemplating it and I was thinking, would he think ill of me if I answered it at two o'clock my time in the morning? Do you, wait a minute. Because it was four, five o'clock your time, I think. So I think yeah, it's two o'clock my time. I'll be honest, now that you mention it, I can't believe I did that because I try to be very conscientious about time zones. I'm, I'm always so, editing. I'm sorry, Gerald. I'm always editing. I'm always editing. And I'll just leave it at that. But once again, it's John Orlando from the PVD cast. John, I will tell you, we've got to go ahead and do a state of pro wrestling for October. After this, all this aftermath of what's going on with AEW and WWE, what's going on there as far as them growing their product, AEW and what's going on with theirs. If nothing really breaks until October, we will sit down for a full hour of the state of pro wrestling. I promise the fans that they do like it. I do see the response and I do see the downloads. So it is something I think a lot of people enjoy. So I'll tell you what, John, if everything goes well, leading before Survivor Series and the Turkey time, we'll go ahead and do a state of pro wrestling before the Survivor Series. That I pretty much can guarantee. Absolutely. Love it. It's a great idea. Let's book it. There you go. Book it indeed. I'll get my turkey ready there for you. <laughs> Once again, it's John Orlando from the PVD cast. No backstage behind the scene animosity or nuclear heat here. No. But I'll tell you what, this is the state of pro wrestling that we bring to you each and every time out right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the PC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Want to make a couple mentions real quick. Retro City Games are... Long time sponsor. Want to go ahead and thank them so much for all their support over the years and congratulate them on 10,000 followers on Facebook. So go ahead and check them out today, Retro City Games on Facebook. They are 10,000 followers strong and want to go ahead and be the first to congratulate them on the air for that. Also wanted to go ahead and make a correction from earlier this week on the Pop Culture Cosmos. We mentioned at that time, analysts were predicting when we recorded that particular show that Spider-Man No Way Home, based off the new footage that was added into the movie and the fact that it was given a re-release right on National Cinema Day when it was $3 for everyone going to the theaters here in the States, that it was going to go ahead and win the weekend. Well, it did not end up winning the weekend. After all, the Labor Day weekend was captured by none other than Top Gun Maverick. Bullet Train was second. Spider-Man on Sunday and Monday, it did have a sharp fall, so it ended up getting third, and the League of Super Pets from DC, that got fourth. So I wanted to go ahead and make a correction on that, but before we head on out, Disney Plus Day, a lot of stuff going on. I will say that they dropped the latest version of Pinocchio, starring Tom Hanks, and it is getting roasted. Unfortunately, it's got right now a 41 Metacritic rating. I know a lot of feedback is saying this is a Pretty good kids movie, but adults really are just having a hard time getting through it. 
from what I've seen so far, it's looking pretty much that way. So I wanted to give everybody a heads up there. Good for the kids, maybe not good for us as adults, but that came out today as part of Disney Plus Day. Also want to mention that Thor Love and Thunder did drop on Disney Plus. Also as well, Cars on the Road, that dropped for Disney Plus Day. The Simpsons, Welcome to the Club. Also want to mention that BTS Permission to Dance. I know that's going to be very popular because that was their performance that they captured on stage in Los Angeles. That's also a part of the Disney Plus Day experience. Star Wars Andor, a Disney Plus Day special look. I had a chance to check that out. Very interesting. A lot of Stellan Skarsgård, and it looks very good. So go ahead and check that out. She-Hulk, the latest episode, not quite what I was hoping to expect. Unfortunately, I did see that drop as part of the Disney Plus Day experience, and the first 20 minutes were very lackluster. The 10 minutes with a better experience with Tatiana, Maslany, and Wong, as they're trying to go ahead and win a case in regards to a magician and what he's using to go ahead and create some tricks. So unfortunately, the first 20 minutes were kind of lackluster. The last 10 minutes were what saved the actual episode. So if you get a chance, check that out and share your thoughts with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Epic Adventures with Bertie Gregory. Also as well, there's some rather great stuff, including Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, which basically details from Ewan McGregor, Deborah Chow, the director, and Hayden Christensen are all part of this behind-the-scenes look at the series making of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I had a chance to check that out. It's very nostalgic as they go down memory lane, not only looking at what they did as far as what they made with their show, the latest Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but also take a look back at what they did for the prequel. So go ahead and give that a look. Dancing with the Stars, the pro's most memorable dances. That's also a part of the Disney Plus Day experience that just dropped. Assemble, the making of Thor Love and Thunder and Remembering, all part of the Disney Plus Day experience. A lot of content, so we want to hear your thoughts on that. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com or popculturecosmos wherever you get your social media and last but not least before we head on out star trek day no real big huge announcements no updates on the movie which kind of disappointed me but they did get to show off some trailers for the upcoming star trek picard as it sets its final season in the coming weeks that'll be going ahead and they did also go show some behind the scenes footage from star trek discovery as well and even got a taste of the next season, season two of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Outside of those sneak peeks, you didn't get to hear a whole lot about what's going on new in the Star Trek universe. Some side things going on, like a podcast that's a prequel to Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, which is going to be interesting when it comes out. And we'll give you a heads up when that comes out indeed. Also look at Star Trek Prodigy, which is based in Nickelodeon. And also they pay tribute to the great Nichelle Nichols. So that was part of the Star Trek Day Unfortunately, it was not as monumental or as newsworthy as we had hoped, but if you still enjoyed it, please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And again, on Monday, we're looking forward to another great episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, including talking about NBA 2K23, Splatoon 3, Cobra Kai, Season 5 begins. Are we excited for Cobra Kai? Absolutely, we are. We'll go ahead and share our thoughts. Maybe even binge the whole season, season five. We'll go ahead and talk about that on Monday. Lord of the Rings, episode three, The Rings of Power. We'll go ahead and talk about that. And Clerks 3. What are our hopes for Clerks 3 next week as it debuts in theaters? And in the main event, it is our recap of the amazing D23. What's going to go down this weekend? Find out all the great news on our social media, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And of course, we recap everything that was big at D23. That recap is coming up for you on the Monday show as well. So, for John Orlando from the PVD Cast, check out his show, thepvdcast.com. The this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great
You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.